This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. You are listening to the Garlic Fries and Baseball Guys podcast. Sam Lubman and Joe Shasky coming at you every week with all the best Giants content. Part of the Odyssey Sports Network here at 95.7 The Game. Make sure you're liking, rating, reviewing, subscribing. Make sure you've got notifications going up because sometimes you forget to check the podcast app and then you realize, oh, there's a new episode available and I totally missed it. You don't want to miss it because... When it comes to missing garlic fries and baseball, guys, that's just you don't want that level of FOMO. It's it's no. bad. It's bad news. Shasky, I want to do another little fun segment here. I'm done drawing stuff out of a hat. We're gonna go back to using our minds now to uh, come up with stuff to talk about. Yes, and I want to play a little game. Simply, it's called fair or foul. Okay. Kind of simple. I'm gonna give a thought to you. You're gonna say whether it's fair that you like it or foul, and that there's something wrong with it. Um. So to start off, the Giants' next superstar will not come via free agency. Is that a fair comment or a foul comment? I think it's fair at this point. I mean, outside of, uh, you know, Barry Bonds, they've done their best work via trades and their own system. So I, I actually, and I also feel like the front office is risk averse. There's no question about that. I mean, what's the boldest thing they've done? <laughs> Trade away Melanson? Mm-hmm. Wow, that's really bold. Wow, you moved off some money. So, yeah, I think uh, Beck thought it was bold. <laughs> well, there you go. I uh, I, yeah, I, I think it's going to come for either via trade or via free agents, uh, via uh, the minor league system. Excuse me. No, I think that's the case, too. And I point back to I mean, when you look at what everyone with a legitimate voice in this organization has said, I think they kind of echo that sentiment. You know, remember uh, Larry Bear, Bear held a town hall last year. Uh, it was hosted by Raj Mathai. And he mentioned at one point that sometimes superstars are homegrown. And that to me was a sign saying that we want to grow our, our own superstar. Gabe Kapler was on the morning roast earlier this year. And he talked about that. Sometimes it's just, it's more fun when you have a homegrown guy, you know, that that's our guy. Uh, you know, there's something said about, you know, like you know, like the, the Buster Posey versus Hunter Pence. I think it's a good example. Now Pence wasn't a free agent. He was acquired via trade, mm-hmm. but as much as we loved Hunter Pence, the love for Hunter Pence was dwarfed by the love for Buster Posey or Madison Bumgarner. Here in the Bay Area, we truly do love our own. And Farhan has hinted as well that, you know, you sometimes you just you got to build up through that farm system. I think the Giants have been leaving very non-obvious, very obvious hints and non-subtle hints that the plan has always been to we want to build this thing up internally through our farm system. And I think sometimes that takes a while. Well, and I think that's where the frustration also, comes from. But they could also use their farm system to trade for established players from other places. You know, like Mookie Betts was not mm-hmm. uh, someone that was signed in free agency. He he was traded for, you know, no, so I, 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 there's many ways to build a team. Hunter Pence, one of the most beloved giants, came here via trade. Jeff Kent, yeah. via trade. JT Snow, via trade. Like there are a lot of guys that have been acquired who have come here. Yeah. Now, I think that's going to be if you're the Giants, I think maybe that's what I'm kind of looking for right now is. 
Because uh, I think right now, if you were to say who's the internally, who's the closest thing the Giants have to a superstar right now? They don't have one. They don't. But if you had to pick a name, you're probably looking at Patrick Bailey in terms of a guy coming up through the farm system who sure. could take over that mantle. And that's again, I sure, yeah, sure. Again, I'm if I'm gun to your head, you have to pick a name. You're picking Patrick Bailey. And I'm not saying that that, that means that lock him in. Patrick Bailey is Buster Posey 2.0. That's not what I'm saying. But what I do think is you got to get creative. I think if you're the Giants and you got to look elsewhere and see if you can find a team that is kind of also down bad and needs to unload a superstar. That's basically how the Giants, how the, the Giants, how the Dodgers got Mookie Betts. That's how the Padres got Juan Soto. You need to find one of those teams that are just in great and complete disarray. I don't really know who those teams are right now. I don't either. Uh, I mean, you need uh, the Dodgers getting Mookie Betts is I will forever hate the Red Sox for the rest of my life because of that deal, because it's just the Dodgers they just found money. You just have to be a team in the right place at the right time when the Red Sox wanted to make one of the stupidest trades since Babe Ruth. And now it's like, well, is there another team out there that's willing to be stupid and unload a player uh, that they don't need to right now? Look around. I mean, you look at the Cleveland Guardians. They're kind of seems like their team is going nowhere fast. They don't know would they give up Jose Ramirez and the Giants could bring in get a superstar third baseman. I doubt it. He's making like five years, seventeen plus twenty plus mil for the next few years. It's a great deal, and it is. It is. But you know what? the The Guardians are also you know as as bad as they are right now. They're like a game or two out of the divisional race right now. Yeah, and that's a guy who he's gonna be the cornerstone of that franchise for many many years. So you kind of just have to get lucky and hope that some team is just like we need to make a stupid move that's gonna piss off our fan base. Hey Farhan, would you like to capitalize on that? And I hate plans where it's just like hope something happens. But that's how Arenado and Stanton and, you know, different guys around Yelich before he mm-hmm. faded. That's how these guys were acquired. You know what I mean? Like, I, it, it's not the only avenue. It's just one of the avenues is what I would say. Free agency, yeah. Yeah, I feel like you tend to truly over, over, overpay. Yeah. I, you see, that's a situation where I'd be willing to overpay. Like with Juan Soto last year. Guys like that, you know, the Ted Williams comparables. You know, I say that just to get a rise out of you. You know, guys like that, it's just you're going to overpay for those kind of guys. I'm cool with that because you got multiple years on top of that to try and work something out. A Stanton-type situation, I mean, yeah, that when the Yankees were able to pounce on that, that was great for them. Hope I don't know where the next team is going to pop up that's just like we need to unload this guy because we can't afford to keep him around. But I think if we're, we're all on getting on top of Farhan, get Shohei, get Shohei, get Shohei. Do we really need to get on Farhan as the next team that needs to unload a superstar because they can't afford him? That's the one where it's like, you know what? Let's mortgage some farm pieces because that's the guy we need to get. That's the guy who's going to be in like his mid-20s. That's the superstar that you can build around. I think that's what you're kind of – but again, that's one of those things that they just kind of pop up. You can't really plan for those. So until then, you're kind of in a holding pattern here. That's true. Uh, Next up here on this fair or foul, I do want to get back into Casey Schmidt. And that is at some point, Casey Schmidt should just go back to Sacramento. Is that a fair statement or a foul statement? At some point, if he's continuing to struggle, yeah, that's a fair statement. But if he shows some signs of, of adjustment, then I'm willing to amend my decision. But as of right now, it's hard to defend him. It just is. Yeah. I mean, he's struggling. He's batting like 118 over his last 30 games. Yeah, I got so it's uh. In his last 31 games, 21 starts, he's hitting 125 with a 205 on base percentage. Chasky, he's got five walks in that span, which is four more than he had in his first 22 games. I don't know. There might be some improvement there. It's just not Um, good, Sam. It's tough. And here's the – if I'm going to make the argument, I'm going to make a quick foul argument here in that 
you know, I, I love the fact that the Giants are letting him work through his struggles. And I think he's in a very good situation with this team right now that the, and I credit Gabe Kapler. This Gabe Kapler creates such a, a very positive vibe in that clubhouse. The guys have such a great vibe in that clubhouse. I don't think that Schmidt's feeling a ton of just, you know, negative pressure to pull himself out of his slump. You know, they're going to give him the leash to get it done at some point, though. The results are going to have to come through. But the Giants are always very, you know, they're very complimentary of what Schmidt brings to the table. They're very steadfast in their belief in him. And they are very confident that whatever these struggles are, he will work through them. Now, this is where the fair comes in is, is this, you know, we've talked about, you know, what's the goal of this season? Is it winning or development? And a lot of times the answer has been yes. Uh, what, at some point you have to pick one winning or development. And if this is a team that truly wants to make a serious postseason run, then you can't just be like, oh, it's okay, Casey, you'll figure it out. At some point, that's fair. You're going to have to say like, you know what, Casey, if you're not going to figure this out at the big league level, we can't afford to just. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. But, but what are your options? Like, here's the thing. Like, Brett Wisely's not breathing down his throat. Luciano's not breathing down his throat. You don't have any internal options. They really don't. And I think that's what's going to give Casey Schmidt a bit of a longer leash here. Agreed. I don't know what else they really do at second base. I mean, Brett Wisely is just... I think the best thing you can say about Brett Wisely is, I mean, aside from the fact that he has really nice hair is he plays a capable second base and he can also play in center field too. And the giants do love their positional versatility. And that's probably where the nice things end about Brett Wisely. Uh, it's just, there's a lot to be desired there. And yeah, until Estrada comes back or the giants make a move in the infield to, to bring someone else in mm -hmm. it's, you know, Casey Schmidt, you got to sink or swim. And there's a lot, this is where the giants player development really needs to kind of show what they're capable of. They got to figure out a way to rein in that aggressive tendency while at the same time, not kind of sacrificing the kind of hitter is. And to be honest, I'm not really quite sure how you find that balance if you're Casey Schmidt. Yeah, no, that's a good point. I think they they were so worried about chase rates and this, that, and the other. He got away from what he was. And now he's just, he's totally mind screwed. And and that thinks that's the part about young players is the development is often rough. You know, it's not a straight line straight up in the air. It's up, it's down, it's down, it's down, then it's back up. Like, Development is not a straight line towards success. No. And lastly here, fair or foul, the Giants have reached are now in second place in the NL West. They're a game behind the Dodgers, a half game ahead of the Diamondbacks. The Padres are eight and a half back of the Giants for second place. At this point, the Dodgers are the only serious threat in the National League West that the Giants need to worry about. Fair or foul? Foul. I think Arizona is still uh, alive and well. Uh, I still fear Corbin uh, Carroll, and I just I'm not ready to count out the Padres. I know you are. I'm not. Um, this is a division with four teams with positive run differential. I don't know, man. I I don't think that any of these teams are going away. I would agree with you on the Diamondbacks part because I think the Diamondbacks they're six and ten in their last uh sixteen games. 
And uh, that was since they lost Merrill Kelly. That was his last start. It was on uh, the 24th against the Giants. Dimebacks are 6-10 and 10 in that time. Uh, a 421 ERA. They're allowing 4.4 runs per game. Oh, that doesn't sound very good. Except for the fact that it's actually better than the pitching numbers they've been putting up all season. All season, the, the Dimebacks rotation has a 444 ERA. It's allowing 4.7 runs per wow. game, which obviously means the Dimebacks are better without Merrill Kelly. That you know, <laughs> Take that to the bank. But no, the, the, the Dimebacks, the reason they've been sliding of late, They've hit a cold spell at the plate. They're hitting yes. 222 over their, that same span. Uh, they got 16 home runs in those 16 games, which is about one per game, which is a notch below the 1.2 home runs per game that they're averaging. But they're averaging 3.4 runs per game over the last two weeks, uh, down from the 5.2 runs per game that they usually been putting up this season. To be honest, the Dimeback, again, they're fate, maybe they're struggling around. Do you think it's the Corbin Carroll in a shoulder injury and their reliance on him? It could be. I mean, when when probably when the the heart of your lineup is struggling, that's going to trickle down to the rest yeah. of your lineup. But you know, at the same time, whether it's injury related, maybe it's fatigue related, teams go through hot and cold spells. That's true. It seems like it could just be a cold spell for the Dimebacks. My thing, and I, I took this approach for the Giants when they were kind of lighting the world on fire in May and June. It's not the, the hot stretch or the cold stretch that matters to me. It's what you do after that. So the Giants, they started to cool down a bit. Okay, this is where we see what you really are as a baseball team. And now they're kind of starting to pick it up a little bit after stumbling a little bit uh, coming out of June and into July. And Dimebacks, you know, they were rolling. They got all the way up to first place. Now they're starting to stumble a little bit. So let's see what they do here. Eventually, they're going to kind of come out of this cold stretch. What's next for the Dimebacks? Can you maintain, you know, the hot stretch that comes after the cold stretch? If you could do that, then you're in good shape. But if you... You know, let's say they burst out of this cold stretch, they win four or five, but then they're playing 500 or below 500 ball for the next two, three weeks after that. And then it's like, you know what? I don't know how legitimate of a contender you are. You're a team that coming into this year, the Dimebacks looked like they were a year away, but you know how it is. Teams that are a year away always seem to arrive a little bit early. You know, the next couple of weeks, I think will kind of show yeah, whether the Dimebacks have any staying power. Uh, but right now, I'm not willing to believe in the Padres. I, I watched them over the weekend against the Phillies and – they're 0 and 9 in extra inning games, Chasky. The Padres, they what just do you look make like of a that? Lost, they just look like a lost team right now. They look like a team that's angry, that's struggling, and just has no self-belief in themselves. So there's a great example. Uh, they've traded away everything for Juan Soto. Would you acquire Fernando Tatis Jr. if he was available, even if it meant loading up one of your rivals with young talent? I mean, are we sure that Tatis Jr. isn't the problem? I mean, you notice how the Padres kind of took off last year once Tatis got suspended and have the Padres really been that great since he came back. I remember 2021, remember when the the Padres were were kind of a mess most that year under Jace Tingler and Manny Machado's yelling, it's not you, it's not all about you in the dugout. And he wasn't talking about you, Darvish. He was yelling at Fernando Tatis. And I wonder, it's just, is Tatis just the kind of guy who puts a toxic atmosphere over a clubhouse am i putting too much evil on that guy on, on him by saying that something is not clicking correctly i agree in the padres there's something culturally fundamentally unsound and that's not something that's fixed with by like oh well juan soto's gonna you know hit 500 over the next 20 games and everything's solved when there's something culturally wrong with your clubhouse when you're looking at a team that's going to extra innings and they just know they're gonna lose that's that's not a quick turnaround. That's something you, like y'all need to get together in the clubhouse, pass a talking stick around, and have a good little heart to heart with everybody because that's a culture problem. And no, I, I agree. For all the negatives that we could say about Gabe Kapler, I'm sure they're out there. I don't have any right now. The one thing I could definitely say about Gabe Kapler is he is not creating a negative atmosphere in that clubhouse. Fair and enough. Yeah, I agree with that. 
So I think the pot when you're looking at the Padres, if they had a positive atmosphere, maybe they're in a better situation. But it's this this the second time in three years we look at the Padres. It's like, well, you know what? You're just gonna have to reset and try again next year with the amount of money they're investing in that roster and the amount of talent they have on that roster. You should not be having that kind of conversation. So that, that's kind of why I'm out on the Padres. I, I just, agree. You know, at some point, you know, there's the talent versus, you know, cohesion. It's you have enough talent to win on talent alone. Shout out Herb Brooks. I don't know if the Padres really uh, have the talent to overcome the cohesion issues that they're dealing with. 